Five years. Whew, that's a long time. Well, we've been married for six. Right, right. Uh, we've been married for six years, huh? What does that mean? Oh, just that, well, we just know each other so well, you know? So it just yeah. seems like we've mm -hmm. been getting... Okay. The male species appears to have performed the close save maneuver, very popular among its kind. Let's see what happens next. So Lucy was saying that this trip is supposed to be super romantic, that they have a suite planned and dinner on the beach and that Jim did all the work. He planned everything for her as a surprise. She doesn't know. She said she couldn't believe that he managed to pull it off. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just, it's been such a long week. Work has been really tiring me out. What are we saying about Jim? You know what? Never mind. It's okay. Whatever. Ouch. That did not go well. Yikes! My cover has been closed! This is uh, Steve Merwin signing off from this episode of Into the Wild. Join us next week as we hope this couple can rekindle their flame and ignite that passion. The future of the species depends on it! today and it's great to see so many people We're on part four in a series called into the wild by based on just the number of people that i'm seeing right here it means that i've done two things successfully over the past few weeks number one i haven't offended so many people and number two we're actually learning about this thing called relationships and how these things are supposed to work okay because what we've been talking about from the beginning of this series is this is the relationship series for people who hate relationship series because we're not just talking about what we need to do but we're trying to understand the other species okay males or females and hopefully that'll benefit us before i jump to today's topic i just want to let you know kind of where we're going next week as i announced last week is next week is the conclusion of the series, and for the conclusion, you are going to get your wish, which you're not only going to get to ask me questions, you're going to get to hear from my wife. Because so many people are like, it's great hearing from you, Father Anthony, but what does your wife have to say about all that? Well, now you get to know live and in person next week. She'll join me up here on stage. She'll not be by herself. She'll be with me, so I can still control some of the stuff she says. All right? But you get a chance to ask any question that you want. The way you submit a question, you send an email to questions at stsa.church, questions at stsa.church, and we'll do our best to answer all of your questions next Sunday here at The Well. But today's message is titled, Lost That Loving Feeling. And today I want to answer only one question for you, and it's a question that you all have. I guarantee you, at some point in time, you have asked yourself the following question. How is it possible that two people can love each other so much, make each other so happy at the beginning of marriage, and eventually get to the point where they can't stand each other's guts. How is it possible for anyone who loves and cherishes and we're in love and the googly eye and all that stuff, how is it possible for someone to go from one extreme to the other? We've all seen it. Like every couple that you see today that is struggling, or maybe you are the couple who is struggling, you know that they didn't start that way. That no one goes in on the wedding day and say, you know what, it's probably going to make me miserable, but just suck it up and take, like no one does that. What everyone does is thinks that, you know what, we are going to have the greatest marriage. And we started dating, and we would call each other, y'all text, text each other, and we would googly eye in church, you know what I'm saying? And we start to listen to Michael Bolton songs and everything. Like, life was just different. And this person could bring such joy to our hearts. And this person just lifted us, our spirits, and there was nothing. Doesn't matter. Like, no, ain't no river we can't climb, or no mountain we can't swim, or whatever it may be. Like, that's where we were. But then something happens, and in every relationship, 
what starts off as brings you joy turns into brings you something other than joy. And what we've discovered is the person who can elicit the most negative response from us is our spouse. The person who can elicit, who used to elicit the greatest positive response, now elicits the greatest negative response. You hear it on the news. So-and-so was caught stealing millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. You say, you know what? That's not right. That's not right. You hear this person is convicted of a felony and they're going to prison. And you say, you know what? That's not right, but I hope he's not mistreated in jail. Your husband leaves the toilet seat up. He must pay. That imbecile, how could he? So selfish, and this is unacceptable. Your wife scratches your new car, and how dare she, and I cannot live with such a human being on this planet. What kind of human being would do that? A murderer, a thief, and then your wife who scratched your car. And somehow our spouse has the ability to elicit a stronger negative response than anyone else on the planet. My question to you is, why is that? And today I want to answer that question for you. I have an answer for you. But before we get to my answer, let's agree on a principle of all humanity, which is that every human being on this planet, me, you, every single person who knows it, doesn't know it, is created with a deep, deep, deep desire for love. To love and be loved. And we know where that's from. That's because we were made in the image of God, and God is love, and we were made in the image of God, which is love. So therefore, that's why St. John says the following, 1 John chapter, one, chapter 4, verse 7. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Without getting into a theological uh, discussion about this, God and love are connected. And you can't have God without love, and you can't have love without God. So we were made in the image of God, so therefore, there's something inside all of us, all of us, that wants to be loved and to love, to care for and be cared for, every single one of us. I don't need to teach someone how to love. I don't need to teach someone to say, hey, love is important. You should try to find, like, all of us are born with something inside of us that desires and seeks out that love. But the problem is, we look around at what the world shows us as far as love relationships, marriages, our parents, our brother, our sister, our friends, and we look around and we don't see a lot of love. Evidence around us suggests that actually this love and be loved at this deep core level, evidence around us suggests it is not possible, or at least it's not likely. You may have grown up in a home where you, you know, your parents didn't along with each other. Maybe they divorced. Maybe they just kind of stuck it out, were miserable. Maybe grew up, maybe your brother, your sister, your close friend went through a messy divorce. So you've seen kind of the ugly side. And you may have been told from a long, long, long time ago, all men are deadbeats. All men, there's no value in any men. And all men, they're the worst. And you may have been told that your whole life. But I bet you there's a piece of you on the inside that thinks to yourself that, you know what? I bet you if I find the right one, I can avoid that. You may have been told by your dad that all ladies, all they do is nag, 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 and then when they get tired, they nag more. And it's not worth it. Marriage is not worth it. It doesn't make you miserable, miserable, miserable. And you think inside your head, there's a piece of you that says, you know what, I know that's probably true, but I bet you that if I find the right one, that it won't be true for me. Where's that from? That's God. That's God inside us. 
that even though we don't see examples of love, that we believe it exists badly to find it. So my question to you is, listen carefully, here's my question. My question to you is, if I yearn so badly to love and be loved, and my wife yearns so badly to love and be loved, why is there so many problems between husbands and wives? If the husband wants to love and be loved, and the wife wants to love and be loved, like if our intention, our desire is the same, because everyone's desire is the same. No one wants to be annoying. No one wants to be difficult. No one wants to, 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 to be selfish. Everyone wants to love and be loved. If everyone has the same intention, why is it that the results don't match the intention? Part of the answer is what we've been discussing the last three weeks. Part of it, but I'm going to give you the other part today. Part of the answer, what we talked about for the last three weeks, for those who weren't here, we're talking about how men and women were made differently. How we were made male and female from the beginning, and we talked about what it means to be male, or what it means to be female. Okay, and men have certain things, and women have certain things. We were made differently. And we talked about, guys, our job is to love the ladies as Christ loved the church. And we talked about what that means. It doesn't mean big things, it means small things. And every small act of love counts with the lady. And we said that our job is women, our wives, are more important than us. That's what we said. They are more important than us. If you go to a wedding, the bride is more important than the guest. If you're in a marriage, the wife is more important than the husband. That's, guys, how we have to think. Ladies, you're not off the hook, because then we talked about y'all last week. And we said that how we ladies, we need to think men all want to be superheroes. So we, as men, y'all's job is to appreciate the dumb little things that we do, okay, and then to believe in us. Because your belief in us, our hearts are just like yours. When you believe in us, then we can do amazing things. And when you criticize us and put us down, then we run away and we withdraw into our little shell. So therefore, based on that, this should be pretty simple. Men love as Christ. Women appreciate and believe. should be simple. So it should be like, okay, guys do your job, ladies do your job, and everything should work out. But it's not that simple, is it? There's more to the story. And to help me answer the question of why there's more to the story, I'm going to bring up two little friends right here, all right? I don't know if y'all can see very well. I'll move this up here. Maybe I'll do like this. Y'all see who this is? This is Mr. Potato Head. And this is Mr. Potato Head. You've heard of them, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure. Okay? Mr. and Mr. Potato Head. We're going to tell a story about how Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, because oftentimes we kind of like, we know the result, how they got married, but you maybe didn't know the story of how Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head got married. Mr. Potato Head, when he was just a young lad, met Miss Potato Head, and they kind of met in college, okay? And, you know, he, you know, graduated with a degree in, you know, uh, whatever, MIS, technology, business, whatever. And he kind of had, like, a nice car, so she was kind of attracted to him, and he kind of saw her, and, like, she's like a knockout, so as you can tell, so he, he was naturally drawn to her as well. And they started dating together. And when they were dating, they were super careful, Super careful everywhere they went. They were super careful that none of the stuff spilled. They were super careful. And then they got married. And what happened when they got married is they hit a bump. And when there was a bump, sorry to the cleanup team, this is going to be a messy day for you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Some blue stuff came out of Mr. Potato Head. And Mr. Potato Head said, what was that? And then they bumped again. And some more blue stuff came out. Now, Mrs. Potato Head said, hey, I didn't know you had that blue stuff inside you. And he said, well, I didn't until you showed up. You started bringing it out of me. And then they bumped again. And some more blue stuff. And some orange stuff came out. Then all of a sudden, 
She's like, oh, wait, I see a pattern here. Something's not right. And she goes to her sister. And she says, you didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff. And you couldn't believe before we married and this stuff. And now all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. He's got anger problems. He won't admit it. He's got anger problems. He didn't have it before. But now he's got anger problems. And he goes, you know, who does guy, 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 don't go to, guy goes to the mirror. Okay, because guys don't talk to anybody. Guy goes to the mirror. And he's talking to himself and saying, like, she's got issues. Like, she's got real issues. Like, I didn't know she had this orange stuff inside her, but every time now we're walking together, orange stuff come out, and she's not bringing this blue stuff out of me. And every time now they bump, it gets messier and messier and messier and messier. Sorry to the cleanup team. <laughs> I didn't think through this one fully. <laughs> Here's the important part. He is fully convinced, fully convinced that she brings the blue stuff out of him. And he is fully, he is fully, the other way around too. <laughs> Each one is fully convinced that before they were together, there was no blue stuff and there was no orange stuff. But it was you who brought this out of me and you who brought this out of me as well. Big hand to Mr. And Mr. Pitt. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen carefully to this one. All of us have stuff inside of us. All of us have stuff inside of us. But you just don't realize it until you get bumped. And for most of us, the first significant bump in life that brings the stuff out of us is marriage. It may have come out a little bit during engagement, but when it's engagement, like I said, we're really careful. And one bead may have fallen out, we said, you know what? It's just a bead. Love will make us work. Like, it will be okay. But then when you get married and you start bumping each other, hey, where'd that come from? Well, it came from her. Hey, where'd that, oh, where'd that come from? Well, that came from him. That's why marriage brings out, for sure, the best in us. But it also brings out the worst in us. You want to know why it brings out the worst in us? Because it only brings out what's in us. Whatever marriage brings out of you, best or worst, it's bringing out you. She didn't create the blue beads inside him any more than he created the orange beads inside her. They were always there. But it was marriage that exposed them. But there's a difference between exposed a problem and created a problem. Said another way. This is our truth for today. Get this one. What's in you will eventually come out of you regardless of who's with you. What's in you will eventually come out of you, regardless of who's with you. Is it possible for two people to be madly in love together for their entire life and not have any stuff come out? Is it possible two people loving, cherishing, unselfish, like completely selfless, is it possible no bad stuff comes out? Absolutely it's possible. But you know the only way it's possible? Is that you enter with no bad stuff inside you. Like if you grew up in a home where like everything was good, everyone was loving, everyone was nurturing, everyone was there emotionally as well as physically. Like you grew up in that kind of home, like, like, like mom was at every game and dad was at every recital and, and they were there for you emotionally and they were there for you physically and not just your parents. 
like your friends, all your relationships were supportive and encouraging and appreciative. Nobody stabbed you in the back. You weren't vulnerable and someone used that against you. Like no one took advantage of you. Absolutely. If you entered into marriage with that as your background, as your environment, your experience, absolutely. Marriage is going to be the greatest thing for you and you're never going to have any spills. But who enters marriage that way? The reality is we did not enter that way. The reality is that, you know what? Dad wasn't in at every soccer game. The reality was mom wasn't there for us emotionally. The reality is that our friends did stab us in the back. The reality is that we did open ourselves up and someone used it to betray us. And because of that, we got stuff inside of us. You got stuff, I got stuff, we all got stuff. And when we have that stuff inside of us, and we're not careful, and we're not aware, then the future that we covet so dearly becomes dictated by the past that we're unaware of. And that's where many people find themselves today. So what's the answer? What do we do about the stuff? Well, the answer comes to us. Solomon the Wise, back in the book of Proverbs, spoke about the subject of relationships more than any other topic that he spoke about because it's that important. And he says the following. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Solomon said a lot of stuff. But this is the only time he said above all else. So as soon as Solomon says above all else, I'm taking special note of what he's about to say. Because he said stuff about lots of different topics. But when he got to this guard your heart topic, he said above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. What does that mean? That means the way I responded to my boss at work. Where did that come from? The way I am with my children at home. Where did that come from? The way I responded to the Starbucks guy who was, gave me the wrong order. Where did that come from? All of the stuff that we do comes from our heart. And if we are not aware of what inside of our heart, it will dictate our lives. For example, this is so easy to see in others. This is so easy to see. Like you see, this is so easy to see in other people. You go to a friend, a married friend, and she tell you, you know what, you know, my husband, you know, complaining about her husband. You say, oh, you know, what happened? And she tells you this story about her husband did whatever it is and how it's unacceptable and, you know, she can't take him anymore and he's just a buffoon and whatever. And you're sitting to yourself and you're thinking like, okay, you know what, like, I'm being supportive and I'm being polite. But in your head, you're thinking to yourself, okay, he did something bad. Like, he did like a four, but your reaction is like a ten. So, like, yeah, what he did was like bad, but your reaction, like, where's the other six coming from? Like that other six there, like there's an issue here. And then you go back to your husband at home and you go tell him, you know what? I spoke to Mary. Mary's got issues. That's what you say because it's so easy to see. But yes, he did a four, but her 10, like there's something more to the story. Like I said, guys, that your, your, your wife scratched your car. And yes, that was a mistake. She shouldn't have. But come on, man. Like it's not the end of the world the way you're making it out to be. Like there's something else going on. It can't just be that scratch. That is the end of the world the way there's something else inside going on. And until you're aware of what that is, I promise you, it will dictate and ruin your future. So, guard your heart above all else. My advice to you, Solomon's advice to us, 
Guard your heart. Let me ask you this. If I were to ask you right now, what's your plan to guard your heart? What's your strategy? How do you go about doing it? You never thought about it, did you? That's not on your to-do list for Monday morning, is it? To, to guard your heart. But according to Solomon, it's really important. Because what's inside you is going to come out regardless. So what are you doing to guard your heart? Or are you just going to play the same game? Let me tell you how the game goes. The game is whatever the blue beads are today, the blue beads will come out tomorrow or tomorrow or the next day or if you're orange for the ladies, like no discrimination, right? It's going to come out. The names and places and circumstances may change, but the result is the same. First girlfriend, it was, you know what? She just brings the worst out of me. Like every time, like, you know what? She's just got problems. She's got issues. Like she has issues. She brings the worst out of me. Okay, five girlfriends later, it's the same story, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Why can't I find a girl who doesn't have issues? Because all these girls have all these issues, and they bring all this bad. You know what? I need to find a girl who doesn't bring blue out of me. I need to find a girl who will bring red out of me. Does such a girl exist? Because you ain't got no red inside you. Because you're blue. Same thing with the ladies with the orange. There ain't no man to bring pink out of you. What's going to come out of you is what's inside of you regardless of who's with you. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 15, verse 18 through 19. Jesus said, those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they are what defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. So ladies and gentlemen, we need to learn how to guard our heart. It's not an easy task, but I got great news for you today. You are in luck today. Unbeknownst to you, you have a heart-guarding expert on this stage. Did you know that I am an expert in this subject of Guard Your Heart? Because at the start of this year, the beginning of this year, at the end of last year, one of my goals for this year, okay, was to be more in tune with my emotions. I know some of you thinking, like, how is that possible for Father Anthony to be even more in tune with his emotions? That was one of my goals. Had nothing to do with preaching, had nothing to do with service, had nothing to do with problems in my marriage, had nothing to do with anything else. Is that I felt that this was the next step for me to grow spiritually, was that God wanted me to be more in tune with how I'm feeling. Because I'm the kind of guy, how you're feeling, fine, was always the answer. So luckily for you, especially gentlemen, y'all are going to love this, I'm going to share my system, and yes, I made my emotional life a system and automated the process, okay? And I'm going to show you how I automated it, how to guard my heart, and I'm going to share that system with you today. And it's a system that I said, like I said, I developed back in January, and it's been working pretty well for me here thus far. And I'm going to share that with you in just a second. But before I share with you what you should do to guard your heart, let me tell you what not to do to guard your heart. Let me tell you the wrong way of guarding your heart. The wrong way, which is the natural inclination of every person, especially in relationship, is to do the following. Here's the wrong way. The wrong way is to replace guarding my heart with monitoring their behavior. That is the wrong way. No one should highlight that and circle that. You can write it down and put an X by it. Because usually what we think, the blue comes out of me, how do I get the blue to, come, to stop coming out of me? You stop bumping into me. And if you stop bumping into me, the blue will stop coming out of me. That's how we usually think. 
if I were giving a message today on how to monitor your spouse's behavior, that would be a great message and would be very, very simple. <laughs> because we are experts on that one. But unfortunately, according to Jesus, that's not a good way to go about it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5, Why do you look at the speck? We're going to substitute brother. I want you to substitute brother for husband or wife. Okay? Why do you look at the speck in the other's eye? But do not consider the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your spouse, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your spouse's eye. Let's back up a second right here. Anyone who got married, got married for what reason? The reason you got married, the reason I got married, you met your husband, wife, spouse, whatever, and they elicited a certain response from you. That's what I said at the beginning. You met her, and once you met her, like she could do stuff to bring stuff out of you. She made you feel so good. She made you feel like a million bucks. She made you feel, like I said, like you are a superhero. Or he made me feel like I'm the most special guy. I'm the most valuable. I'm the most worthwhile girl in the whole wide world. Your spouse, at a certain point in time, brought certain emotions out of you, certain feelings came out of you, you liked how you felt, you said, okay, I want to be more with this person because I like how they make me feel. But then something happened. You made a false, 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 wrong correlation. You connected their behavior and said it is their be it's the responsibility of their behavior to bring this good stuff out of me. And you said, the only way for the good to come out of me is she or he has to behave a certain way. Well, the problem here is this. The problem is there are lots of factors which determine how you feel. Their behavior is one of them, for sure. But what I want you to know, like Mr. Mr. Potato Head, it's the condition of your heart, the state of your heart, that determines your ability to feel certain feelings. For example, if you grew up in a home where you were never, ever, ever appreciated, you were never appreciated, and you're bitter because you were never appreciated, I guarantee you, no matter what he does, you will never feel appreciated. No matter what he does, if you grew up in a home where you were always made to feel stupid and like your opinion doesn't matter, you're stupid, you're just like the youngest, like you have no value, then you are always for the rest of your life, no matter what he or she does, always going to be fighting for respect and not realize you're going to think, well, it's her fault. It's his fault. Keep bumping me. Don't respect me. Don't treat me. And I'm telling you, yes, their behavior plays a role, but your condition of your heart coming in plays an equally big role, if not even bigger said this way, my ability to feel certain things is determined by the condition of my heart. My ability, regardless of how my spouse treats me. And by the way, when I'm saying spouse right here, like if you're like in an engaged relationship, same things work. Like if you're like in a serious relationship, same thing work right here. The ability, my ability to feel certain things, loved, respected, valued, my ability to feel certain emotions is dictated by the condition of my heart just as much by the behavior of the other person. 
So we spend all our time, stop bumping into me, and you shouldn't bump into me, and stay away and be careful, without realizing that that's what's inside of us. And until we realize what's in, like that's going to come out, there's nothing else that's going to come out other than orange out of this lady, because that's what's inside her. Let's make this practical. Ladies, let's start with you. Ladies, maybe the problem isn't your husband. Maybe the problem's you. Maybe the problem isn't that he's inconsiderate and that he didn't remember whatever event or date or whatever. Maybe, maybe that's not the problem. Maybe the problem is you have a trust issue. Maybe the problem is you have a fear issue. You're afraid. You're afraid. You never truly felt like, you know what, God is going to be there for me. And you never truly accepted that, you know what, my husband will always be there for me. So anytime he misses something, you jump. And you say, see, I knew it. And it becomes like, you know what? I knew he wasn't going to be there for me. I knew I couldn't trust him. I knew I couldn't rely on him. Maybe the problem isn't him. Maybe the problem is me. Gentlemen, maybe the problem isn't that your wife is critical. Maybe the problem is you're insecure. Maybe the problem you've never felt successful. You never felt like you had your father's approval. You never felt like, you know what? You're worthwhile. You've always kind of felt like a failure inside. So when she says something, or she says, you know, my brother just got this promotion. Maybe it's not her just trying to rub it in your face. Maybe there's a me issue. Maybe it's not a her issue. Maybe it's a me issue. And maybe I need to own in my own baggage a little bit. And stop blaming the other person's behavior as opposed to what is in my heart. Ladies, he didn't create those orange beads that's inside you. And gentlemen, she didn't create the blue beads. She may, have been, she may have been the unlucky person who happened to stand next to you when the junk came out. That doesn't mean she created it. And it's time for us to take ownership of what's inside of us, my heart, as opposed to criticize their behavior. So that's what not to do. Now the fun part, what to do. And I get to share my system. And I am so excited to share my system. <laughs> Because I am like Mr. Emotional right now, okay? And I'm about to show you how emotional and like heart-guarding guy I am. Because I am the champion of emotions right now. I'm going to share with you my system for guarding my heart and to be more in touch with my emotions. Now, before I share my system, let me tell you how you're probably going to respond to this. Most guys are probably going to respond by saying, this is stupid. Because that's what most guys say in most times they're asked to do something that they're not currently doing. This is stupid. Ladies, let me translate for you what this is stupid means. This is stupid means I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can be successful at this. So therefore, instead of trying and failing, I'm just going to say it's stupid. Therefore, I just kind of gave myself an excuse to not try. Truth is, is we don't, we're not convinced that we can actually be good at this. Ladies, you're going to respond by saying, oh, I'm an expert at this. Oh, this is so easy. And let me tell you this. Let me speak just a word to you. Don't assume that having a heart means you're guarding it. Because you're thinking to yourself, well, I know I got lots of emotions. Like, you got, like, I got lots of, I got serious heart. I got serious stuff in there. Don't assume because you have a heart that you're guarding it. Because you may be vomiting that heart all over the place. That doesn't mean you're guarding it, okay? Two steps to the process. Two steps to the process. I'm trying to make this, like I said, I made this as automated as possible, dummy proof for a dummy like myself. Step number one, the right way. Clarify how I feel. Clarify how I feel. 
Now, you ladies, you're thinking to yourself, this is easy. Guys are thinking, like, clarify how I feel. I'm going to help you out here, guys. I'm going to give you a system. I told you, I'm going to give you a system. I'm not going to just throw you out there into this world called emotions and ask you to figure it out because I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out how I feel, but I came up with a system. The goal, let me tell you the goal and then how I make it practical in my system, out, system way. The goal is that when stuff, let's go with the lady because I'm picking on the blue guys a lot, that when stuff starts flying out, sorry, sorry, when stuff starts flying out, the goal is pause and ask myself, how am I feeling right now? How am I feeling? He bumped me and I'm angry at him because I can't say him. How am I feeling? Am I feeling afraid? Am I feeling lonely? Am I feeling unappreciated? How am I feeling at this moment? Now, because that's not natural, for at least for the me people in this, in this room, I came up with a system where every morning, as part of my morning routine, I came up with a system where the first thing I do every morning, I get in the morning, okay, drop the kids off at school, get them out of the way, okay? Then I go to the office, close the door, say my time in prayer, and then I sit down before I read my Bible, I open my journal, and I have six questions that I answer every single morning. And the first question that I answer is, how am I feeling right now? And I have to write down the sentence. I have to write down, Marianne, help me with this. I have to say, today I am feeling blank because blank. I'm feeling blank because of blank. Because at the beginning, okay, uh, my, my, again, uh, how do you feel? I feel fine. And the man said, no, you have to say because of what? So I was, like the first week was like, I feel fine because Jesus loves me, okay? <laughs> And I was like, that's honest, okay? She's like, no, you gotta go more. So then I remember saying like, you know, I feel sore. She's like, sore, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, work out yesterday, I feel a little sore. She's like, no, I can't. I'm like, but I feel sore. She's like, no. So she helped me walk through this, okay? It took me a couple weeks. And the way that she helped me, y'all are gonna laugh, okay? Y'all are gonna laugh. She gave me a list of feeling words, okay? And she said, you have to choose one of these words. And she gave me the list of words, and the words was like, oh, and it was very, very big, so I, I got overwhelmed. So she dumbed it down for me, and she gave me this. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on the inside of my journal that I look at every morning. And it's a list of feelings, and the faces around the edge really helped me out. <laughs> and in case you're wondering where I got this from, I don't know if you can see it at the bottom. Let's highlight it here. This is where Marianne got this from, <laughs> which shows the dynamic of our relationship. <laughs> Every morning, I have to go through one of the columns. I have my happy column, my sad column, my angry column, and my other column. And I have to choose to say, you know what? Now I feel blank because of blank. Listen. Listen. Listen to this. Clap for me after I say what I'm about to say. In the beginning, I used to just go through, okay? And I want to find, okay, this is how I feel. Now, I'm at the point. I don't even turn to the page. And in addition, now it gets better. In addition, I came up with my own words that are not on the list, which are too clear. I went through back the past couple weeks. Okay, I had on my list. Apprehensive, not on the list. I have energized. I have one of my, one of my classic ones that I'm so proud of. Discombobulated is what I wrote in my journal. Look at that. That's right. Okay, that's right. The more syllables, the better the feeling. So now... 
when stuff is flying out, when there's blue beads everywhere, and I bumped into Marianne, and boom, here comes the blue. And I want to say it's because you did this, and you shouldn't have, and you shouldn't have. And I can say, hey, wait a minute. How am I feeling? And at, at best, I have a process where I can say, you know what? Do I feel discombobulated? Do I feel apprehensive? And even if I can't come up with a feeling in that moment, okay, ladies, you won't get this, but guys, this, I just go back to my last feeling that I remembered, which would be back in the morning. So I just go back to whatever feeling it was, and I say, hey, wait a minute. I wonder if my reaction is coming from that feeling more than her behavior. I wonder. My advice for you guys, my advice for you, I said a minute ago that I came up with different words other than the list. My advice to you, as you progress in this, as I did, you will discover stuff inside you that you never know truly existed. Ladies, again, maybe y'all be more in tune with this stuff than we are. I don't think it's because women are more emotional than men. I used to think that, but I know a lot of very emotional guys. I just think women are more emotionally expressive than guys. Because I used to always think, well, I don't have any emotions. But it wasn't that I didn't have any. I just wasn't able to put words to it. Remember last week we said y'all do two, two or three times as many words? Okay, because y'all have more words. So y'all can express it. But that doesn't mean the guys aren't emotional. It just means they don't use their words properly. As you go through this exercise, let me tell you one thing not to write in your journal. One thing not to write. You are not allowed to say the following. This is a, one feeling you're not allowed to have. You're not allowed to say frustrated. You're not allowed to say frustrated. You know why? Because frustrated focuses, again, on their behavior. It's going to be, how are you feeling? Well, I'm frustrated because my wife won't. Or I'm frustrated because my husband can't get it together. Don't be content with frustrated. Go deeper. And in case it's helpful, I got a list of some deeper for you. When the stuff starts flying, maybe you're not just frustrated. Maybe you feel disrespected. Maybe you feel embarrassed. Hey, why did you go crazy when I said this at the party? Well, you know what? It's because I was embarrassed that you would say that in front of so-and-so. Maybe you feel unappreciated. Maybe he makes you feel unattractive, ladies. Maybe when he says this or he does this, you want to go crazy on him. But maybe the root is, you know what? I feel unattractive. I feel unlovable. I feel like, guys, I feel like a failure. It's not that I hate your brother, but every time you tell me how great your brother is, I feel like I'm a pathetic failure. Abandoned, stupid, lonely, rejected, scared, out of control, worthless, betrayed, picked on, insulted, jealous. Go deeper is what I'm trying to say. Go deeper than just the service. I'm angry. I know you're angry, but why? Frustrated. I know you're frustrated, but why? Go deeper and try to drill down and see exactly how you're feeling. And then once you have done that, once you, you clarify how you feel, step two is declare it. Tell somebody. Now this is the hard part. What I do is I write it down in my journal. And then I email Marianne. Not email, but this little website where you share your whatever. I don't know what it's called. Faith life is what it's called, okay? This little thing where we each post, and I post it every day. And the days that I skip it, the days that, you know what, I was running late, I didn't get a chance to do it. Come home. First thing Marianne says, how come I get a feeling today? 
So there's an accountability there. And every day, she knows by 9.30 how I'm feeling that day. And how I'm feeling that day, the day is still young, is really a reflection of the day before. Okay? But it's also giving her what to expect, you know what I'm saying, when she come home. I make it clear to myself. I write it down in my journal, and then I declare it to her. And sometimes we'll talk about it, not necessarily. But my point is, it needs to be tangible. And as long as it's just, you know what, I think I'm, 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 I feel like a failure. Or I feel, as long as it's just like kind of in your head, what's the easiest way to kill the boogeyman? The boogeyman. The boogeyman is in the closet, and the boogeyman, boogeyman's going to eat me, and the boogeyman and the boogeyman. You know what the easiest way to kill the boogeyman is? You open the door to the closet, a boogeyman disappears, and you can sleep in peace. A lot of us have emotional boogeymen, and we're scared to open the door on them. We think that declaring it creates it, and we hate to admit it because we don't want to admit what's really inside it. We think, as long as, look, it's not there. Look, it's not there. No beads. No, but there's beads. No, 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 there's no beads. We think as long as we do this, then there's no beads. There's no problem. No, there's a problem. Go ahead and take a survey of all the people around you. There's a problem. You got an anger problem. There's a problem. Is that you are very impatient as a person. You're very judgmental, critical person. There's a problem. And because you don't admit it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means everyone else sees it except you. And I guarantee you that as long as your emotion is buried, it will manipulate and control your life, especially your relationships. Another reason why we don't like to admit it, and I'm just going to mention this, and then I'm going to move on, because my assumption is this doesn't apply to anyone here, but hey, it could apply to someone here. Oftentimes, we don't want to admit how we're feeling, because we want the excuse. We don't really want to address it. We don't really want to quit it. We would rather continue to feel angry and frustrated because of whatever and, and kind of make you feel guilty and control you. And we don't really want to get past it, so therefore, we don't like to admit it. Well, my assumption is that's not anybody in this room. But if it is, you're never going to be successful in a relationship with that attitude. That is not a godly attitude. But assuming that's not you. Some of us need to do the following today. Today is when we need to do it. Some of us need to today need to go to our spouse and say, you know what? Father Anthony's message, right on. And I discovered the truth is when he said it, I realized that I am feeling. And every time you say blank, it makes me feel more blank. And you didn't create the feeling. It's probably been there. Like I've had blue beads since I was a child. But the difference is, you know, when you're single, okay, you can avoid people. And then you ran this person and you just go away from this person. When you're single, you're not going to bump in and you can just avoid people. You can just run around people. And just like your golfing buddy isn't going to bring the junk out of you. The girls you're down the hall you go shopping with, they're not going to bring the stuff out of you. But when you're locked in a house, for better or for worse, till death do you part, that's when stuff comes flying. But the stuff has been there since childhood. And some of you need to go and say, you know what? I've had this like fear thing since I was a child. And I realize that a lot of the stuff that I respond to you, I realize that those orange beads, man, they were there before you because you know what? They were in my last relationship too. And it kind of surfaced at work in this area. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a me issue. And then 
When your spouse says that to you, I'm speaking mainly to the guys here, but to everyone, when your spouse says, guys, this is the most important thing, okay? When your spouse says that to you, this is very important what you do next. You do the following. Nothing. You do nothing. You don't get defensive. You don't say, well, that's stupid of you to feel that way. You don't give her 18 reasons why that is an improper feeling. You say, I'm really sorry. You say, hey, what can I do to help? Even better, you say, hey, you know what? Thank you for sharing. I'm appreci I appreciate you telling me that. I'm glad that I now know that. Because that's what a healthy person does. An unhealthy person, defensive. Fight back. And I'm telling you this, I'm speaking from experience. I tell you a lot of the good about me because I like to talk about my good more than my bad. But I'll tell you something bad about me. At the beginning of our marriage, this took me a while to get. And I think this is kind of a guy thing. I took Marianne saying, I feel underloved. I feel distant. I feel like we're not close. I took that as a criticism of me. And I took that as her saying, you're not doing a good job. And this used to cause problems and beads would fly. Then I realized... She's not criticizing me. A feeling is not a criticism. It's a fact. It's not a crit. It's not an attack. It's nothing to get defensive about. It doesn't mean that you're a bad husband or a bad wife. It just means this is how they're feeling. And we have to learn to accept the feelings of others, regardless of, of what we think it's based on. That's how they feel. That's how they feel. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate you told me. How can I help? That's the appropriate response when someone shares a feeling. So, our homework assignment. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. For from it, everything in life comes. Guard your heart, is what Solomon the Wise says. Guard your heart, because it's affecting you in your work. It's affecting your parenting. It's affecting the way you treat your children, your coworkers, your parents, the person sitting next to you. It affects how you drive to work in the morning. And most of all, it affects, affects the most important relationship in our lives. The way we will guard our heart, we will clarify how we feel, and then we will declare it. We will get better at asking ourselves, how do I feel right now? And if you're not actually good at this, then I, I recommend my system, okay? It doesn't have to be my system, but that's what works for me, is make it a part of your day to ask yourself, how am I feeling? It takes two minutes. Ask yourself how you, I can email you this. It's rewards for kids, okay, whatever it was, okay, dot com. Find a way to guard your heart. Because the truth is this. I hope you believe this. Again, you see this with others. My relational success depends more on the condition of my heart than the behavior of others. You know that's true. You know that's true in every person around you. You know that's true. That the people who have the best relationships are not they just happen to have the best set of friends around them. They just happen to have the best spouse. Happen to have the best parents. The people who have the best relationships are the ones who are the most emotionally healthy on the inside and are able to guard their heart. Do you know what's inside of you? I guarantee you, your spouse knows what's inside you. Your kids know what's inside you. Your the people who work under you at work know what's inside you. Everyone around you knows what's inside you, unfortunately, oftentimes, except ourselves. Jesus said it this way, and then we'll wrap up with a prayer. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man 
out of the good treasure of heart, his heart, brings forth good beads. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil beads. You want to change what comes out of you? You got to guard your heart. You want to stop the explosion? You want to stop pushing away guy after guy after guy after guy? What are you doing to guard your heart? You want to stop being the same in your relationships with every... What are you doing to guard your heart? I'm telling you, out of the abundance of the heart is where the mouth speaks, and we have to do a better job of guarding the most valuable area, which is our heart. Let's stand together for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for this like warning sign that you gave us today. Thank you for making it clear to us, Lord, that it's not always everyone else. It's not always my wife or my husband or my boss or my kids. And maybe it's us. Maybe all these like other people problems that we've been saying, maybe they're me problems. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to guard our hearts, to make clear what's going on inside of us. Lord, we want to be healthy relationally. We want to have, like we talked about at the beginning, that love and be loved, known and, and know and be known. We want that, Lord, with all of our hearts, but we know we can't do it unless you help us do like a cleaning inside of our hearts. Help every single person right here who's here today, Lord, to leave with like a renewed purpose to guard their hearts, and you, Lord, give the blessing as only you can. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the prayers of all of your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.